Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13-21-91. Great form by you hitting play on this podcast. Now, check out Same Racer, the brand new racing app for same race multi-tips. Same Racer. Download from the App Store and Google Play. Powered by Bluebet. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Time to talk some uh, rugby and talk very seriously about it, particularly uh, around the Blues, etc. But uh, uh, we'll cover a few bases hopefully in the next uh, 15 minutes or so with uh, the legend that is uh, Sir John Kerwin. Uh, JK, welcome into the show this morning. It's been a, a tough uh, period for you guys, uh, particularly around the Auckland scene and the All Blacks, I, I guess. Uh, you're rocked. Uh, I heard your, the passion in your voice and how it affected you, the loss of, uh, of Inga, uh, followed very quickly by the loss of Joe Alley. Tough, tough weekend for you guys. Yeah, it's, it's so sad. I mean, I saw Inga. I had a, you know, when you, when you think about Inga, you always smile and you're always laughing. So I was going for a walk around um, where I live in Mission Bay, and I get to my local cafe, and I see these four massive boys in front of my cafe. I looked over and said, what the bloody hell are those guys doing? And I, I gave them the old, you know, the old call. And they looked round, and it was Bradley Meeker, Charles Reichemann, Ronnie Clark, and Bainga Tugamala. <laughs> and and I yelled out from across the road. I went across the road, and they'd ridden from uh, from Westgate, you know, west out West Auckland, um, into town. And we had a coffee, and we had a laugh, and we just laughed for like 20 minutes, mainly taking yeah. the Mickey out of each other, and just real. And I was so proud of Inga. Um, you know, he lost 35 kilos. He looked fantastic. He was doing, so, well, he's always done great stuff in the community. But, um, and then a few days later, uh, Smithy, I did a podcast with him where he was talking about, you know, addressing the issues of diabetes and um, obesity. And, you know, he really cared about um, sort of talking about his journey and how he could help others. So just such a, such a sad loss and such a great man. And what a player. I mean, you know, he was unbelievable. Yep, very, very sad indeed. Very sad. Uh, way too young, mate. Um, look, let's uh, get on to uh, the Blues if we can. They let a big one slip at the weekend, um, which is very, very unfortunate at the start of the season. Come on, Smitty, how good were they, mate? How good were they for 70 minutes? <laughs> it's just that we needed to get, we needed to get, we needed to get buddy Artie Savia to go off with, uh, with Geordie Barrett. And then we, I think we would have been okay. <laughs> yeah, but look, what I was, what I was impressed with with the Blues was actually their organisation. Um, you know, I thought they were very urgent. I thought they sped the game up really well. I thought their rucks were clean. I thought guys were working. Um, and I just think a, a, a little bit of, lack of leadership late it looked like they just thought they had it in the bag and you can't think like that you know when you've got someone like uh Adi Savir on the on the other side of the team you know who, who won't give up so lots of really good signs they'll be disappointed but um you know let's hope they learn from it okay let's uh let's look at the man everyone was wanting to see been waiting forever through a couple of competitions that never eventuated 
Um, Rob, Roger Torvastashek, barring uh, perhaps a slip tackled right towards the end, pretty impressive debut for him. Yeah, look, I, I was really impressed. I, I was really impressed because I think it's what we need in the midfield, uh, you know, not only for the Blues, but also, you know, at the next level. I think the mistakes he made, Smithy, were just um, habitual league errors. You know, one of the mistakes he made, you know, going up and, and getting back off the ground, stuff like that, a couple of uh, slow presentations, which meant that he, you know, got he got sniped. But, um, you know, that, that last defensive error was quite a big error, but I think he's the type of guy that'll learn from it. I mean, every centre who's ever played the game has made an error like that. And let's not um, take away from, from Sullivan, who did an amazing outside swerve. So, look, I think the early signs are great. And the early signs that I like is traditionally we've had someone like a Ma'anonu, you know, Ma'anonu in the midfield that's going to get us over the advantage line, run at a weak shoulder, really smash into guys. Whereas I think Roger brings something a little bit different, not dissimilar to, to Sonny Bill when he came. I mean, Sonny Bill brought us that sort of strong running in the offload, but I think Roger brings us feet. And if you can't get hold of them, then he's going to get over the advantage line. And at the next level, you need people getting you over the advantage line. If you remember Ireland Smithy last year in November when we lost, you know, we were struggling to get over their advantage line. They were smacking us over, mm. um, you know, over our gain line. And that stops you getting go forward. Now, a New Zealand side with go forward front foot ball is a very dangerous animal. So I think uh, you've got a lot of improvement to do, but the early signs are amazing. You know, uh, one of the things that always interests me, when you've got a lead, JK, in a game of rugby of that, of that uh, importance, etc., do you have to, uh, I mean, is, is it just par for the course that you change your playing Side at the time of that lead, is it just, or, or is is it? Does it make sense more to hold on to that side whilst you're protecting that lead? I, I've often wondered about that. Yeah, I think wholesale changes disrupt the rhythm, um, and you know I've made I've made those mistakes as a coach before. You think, oh, this guy's getting tired, that guy's getting tired, and and so you make changes. But I think too many changes at once throws the rhythm and I think that's what happened to the Blues late. I think they made changes and um, you know they broke up the rhythm. There were guys that came on and I think played individually well but that's not what you want. When, you, when your team's in sync um, you want to leave it like that. So I think there's a lot of questions to be asked around the way our game's going from a reserve point of view. I think we need to start looking at the game, start bringing fatigue back into it, Smithy. You know, where actually people are getting fatigued towards the end of the game and the game opens up. You know, what we're doing is, uh, you know, we're bringing on fresh guys late. So two, two things there. I think it throws the rhythm of the game. And sometimes it'll work, sometimes it won't. I mean, when you think about Steve Hansen's era, you know, he, he probably, with... Um, with Graham Henry, so Graham Henry, you know, they, they spoke about, you know, the, 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 the reserves coming on and changing the game. You know, you think about Damien McKenzie. I, I firmly believe we really missed him at the World Cup uh, coming off the bench just because when guys are fatigued, he is unbelievable. But I do think we need to put some regulations around um, how we do it. I don't know what the answers are, Smithy, but... You know, we don't need to keep adding rules in our game. We need to get rid of them. I don't know if you saw the debacle that was the Italian game on the weekend, but that was a that was a disgrace. Coming to Italy very shortly, actually, because uh, you've got a vested interest in uh, in Italy, Italian rugby. So I'll come to that very shortly, actually. Uh, what about the? Did you see any Joe Smith influence about the Blues? Uh, I mean, have you heard anything about how uh, his role is impacting them? I haven't heard. I haven't heard any. Um, haven't heard anything. 
Voci di Corridoio, I call it, Smithy, which is Italian for whispers in the corridor. Um, so I haven't heard any rumours, but what I, what I did notice about the Blues was a different intensity in their attack, which when you look at Ireland play, you saw that intensity of not jumping out of a system and being able to keep that up, and I saw that in the first 70 minutes. So, you know, I think he's, he's definitely having an influence. Someone, uh, someone told me the other day that he's been absolutely unbelievable in the environment, and they're really enjoying his contribution. So that's about all I know about that one. OK, behind the scenes, uh, we have heard about uh, an all-black uh, review at the end of last season. It was very publicised that was going to happen. Uh, our understanding is that uh, there will be a board meeting this week. Um, do you think anything will come out of uh, the all-black coaching setup? Do you think, uh, apart from the fact that Joe Smith will come in later in the year, there will be any changes to what uh, Ian Foster has got? Well, you're as old as me, Smithy, so you probably remember that when uh, when they did a review with Sir Graham Henry involved, and then they went away and they all changed. They all changed positions. Remember, I think that he. So Steve went to the backs and Wayne Smith went to the forwards. They did something in the Northern Tour to freshen it up. I think the big question that Ian Foster will be asking himself is, you know, I think our defence is a little bit predictable and that um, teams like Ireland have worked us out, England, you know, they're working us out. So we need to show some innovation to break down what are incredible defences, especially in the Northern Hemisphere. And I think the whole game in the Northern Hemisphere is very different. So they're very good at slowing down the ruck, which then speeds up the defensive line against you, which makes it very hard for attack. So what I think Ian Foster will be saying is we need some innovation in attack, whether he changes personnel or not, I don't know, but he certainly needs to change some things I believe. Um, I think if they've done the review properly, uh, they'll probably see that. They'll probably see, um, you know, let, let's do some improvement. Well, well, I think the big question is, will, will Joe Smith, you know, um, go into a coaching role rather than a selector uh, sort of, you know, Grant Fox role? I know that he was going to do a little bit more than, than, uh, than Foxy on the field, but maybe that role gets extended just a whole lot more, and he comes in and uh, takes over one of the facets of the game that, that Ian Foster might be, you know, worried about. Uh, and we understand that Joe Smith won't really be hands-on until Ireland go because he's made a, a sort of a pact that uh, he'd never coach or have influence against Ireland, which means if that's the case, he's not really coming full-time full into the all-black environment till about a year out for the World Cup. Is that cutting it a wee bit fine? Oh, I just think it, I just don't agree with it. Smithy. I mean, we're professionals here, right? You, you cannot take a job and say, oh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to do something against my opposition. While I understand the values of it and I admire those, um, you know, Ireland won't think any worse of them. I mean, you know, you've got Farrell coaching Ireland, who was coach of England. You know, you've got yeah. Kieran Crowley, who's coaching Italy, who was coach of Canada. You know, I coached Japan and Italy. It's just the game. And, you know, what he contributed to to Ireland rugby was amazing but that doesn't mean you can't come back to your home country and coach against them you know I just don't I just don't think I just don't agree with that so you're either all in or you're all out and I'm pretty sure you know all the Irish people that I know will love and respect what he's done uh, but now Farrell's there and he's taken over and he's moving the team forward so I don't I don't get that in the professional era 
Okay, I, I'm with you. I actually, uh, I, I see your point there, and I, it, it, uh, it kind of amazes me to cut it that fine. But however, that is uh, the way they're doing it at the moment. The way they're doing it in Italy, and you touched on it before, JK, is, is, is obviously not working. Um, it's been a long, long time since I've had success in the Six Nations. So uh, with your passion for, for Italy and the game there, are you genuinely worried that they've gone backwards? Oh, look, it's political, Smithy. So, you know, over there, I think um, the, the political, the rugby political scene is a joke. Um, it's all about getting re-elected rather than actually um, creating a high-performance system that will help the game. Um, I follow the game closely. I coached there for many years. You know, I used to go to under-18 tournaments, Smithy, and I would see the most amazing players ever, Right as good as here, um, but they stop playing. They don't have a pathway. And, and then these politicians get involved and think they know what high performance is, and they mess it up. So we have a really huge problem in Italian rugby that over the age of 18, mums don't want their kids to play. They want them to study. They don't see a pathway. Secondly, you get these politicians who have, who have these theories, like one of the, one of the um, issues that I had... Um, when I just finished was one of the one of the officials wanted to pick big strong guys regardless of whether they had any rugby experience so they need to sort themselves out politically from a high performance point of view and they need to put a program in place that's going to create a pathway for these younger players to keep playing and then they need to invest actually in teaching these kids the skills that they need from a younger age. Now they do have some challenges, so rugby is the fifth choice. You know, football, soccer, um, soccer football is, is actually the number one sport and everyone plays it. And then you probably go um, basketball, volleyball, you know, um, and then probably rugby fourth or fifth. So you're not getting the selection of athletes that you want and they're not getting taught our game, which is complicated um, at an early age. So they've got some real work to do. And every time they're changing the coach, you know, um, Kieran will do a great job. Kieran's a great coach. Look what he did with Canada. Look how they're going now. He took Benetton uh, in Italy to win the championship, and you know, with the current players he's got. But what they do in Italy is they'll change the coach instead of looking at the overall high-performance system. It's, uh, yeah, it's a conundrum, all right, uh, JK, football so strong. Hey, mate, absolutely fantastic to catch up with you uh, again. Um, sorry about your old mate, uh, Inger, of course, and uh, I know you guys will give him uh, an appropriate send-off. Thank you very, very much for your time this morning. Much appreciated. Thanks, Smithy. See you, mate. Stuff for your face and body? It's men's skincare with a purpose. Top quality Aussie-made grooming and skincare to help guys look and feel great with no hassles. Plus, Stuff is helping mental health too. Find Stuff at Woolworths or visit websiteofstuff.com.